It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my boy Cam Underwood on a last day of a long bye week. I think I'm ready to get back to it. What's going on, Cam? Yeah, you know, getting uh, back to playing football would be a great thing. Got a little bit of help last night uh, from the University of Pittsburgh. Appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, we also need a little bit more help. So, uh, yeah, we can help ourselves when we get back on the field, too. Definitely. And, you know, we have uh, we have a pretty jam-packed show. We talked about projecting recruits forward into the depth chart yesterday. So now we're talking projecting our current players and, un- and under underclassmen uh, players to the NFL. So before we get into that, let's get the formalities out the way, as we always do. You can go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. You can follow myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. That is P-E-R-D-U-E, as Cam alluded to yesterday. Thank you for that, sir. And you can find Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. Big facts. So, we're going to, before we get into this whole NFL draft thing, because, you know, we call this, we call ourselves NFL U. Even if we are uh, having a bad year, per se, an average year, we're still going to put guys in the league, and they're going to be really decent players. They'll stick on a roster somewhere. We have some news out of the University of Miami where Scott Patchen is considering a six-year redshirt, medical redshirt, that is, and a possible transfer. Yeah. Uh, You know, Scott Patchen has been here for five years. Uh, Now, he did not or was not part of Senior Day festivities, although we did write a Senior Day profile for him at stateoftheu.com. But, yeah, you know, uh, he's a guy who lost a bunch of time to injuries at the beginning of his career. And the way that medical redshirts are is you had to, like, basically you apply for it at the end. So you go through your five, and then you can apply for the sixth. Uh, And he's going to do that and then maybe evaluate going elsewhere, um, you know, with that sixth year. And, you know, I wish him the best in that pursuit, uh, whichever one uh, or both. You know, if he wants to stay here, obviously, you know, his father played here. His brother was the black sheep of the family he decided to go to Florida. More. Yeah, I don't understand um, that one. Exactly. But whatever. Uh, when your uncle and your dad both whatever. Anyways. So if he wants to stay here, you know, I'm good with it. He is a, a, a solid player, maybe not as um spectacular in his talent and impact as other players uh, at the end. But, uh, you know, you need those guys who just do their job. You know, Trent Harris made a career here in college just doing his job. So, uh, you know, I would welcome Scott Patchen back if you were wanting to come back. Uh, But if he wants to transfer somewhere else and apply for that sixth year uh, to use elsewhere, you know, I think that that uh, is his right in Providence because he's been at Miami for three coaching staffs, like literally. So, yeah. Yeah, he's been here for three coaching staffs. And for me, when I look at a guy like him, he's a he's a lunch pail kind of guy. Um, he's going to fall on the depth chart, unfortunately. You're going to see some guys, some young guys, get more reps than him if he decides to come back. He wants to pr- at least get himself in position to raise his draft stock. I don't think a sixth year will make that draft stock go any higher than what it is. I mean, you're adding on another year of age, a little bit more wear and tear, is he more, much more than maybe an edge setter, a um, not even a situational pass rusher? I mean, he's very he's not he's not overly explosive. I mean, I, if you want to project him that far, as far as the NFL is concerned, uh, he may be an undrafted player, uh, a UFA. Uh, I, I just don't see where you what, what benefits you would get outside of living that college lifestyle one more time. Um, 
but where if let's just say for let's just for 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 the the purpose of this if he were to transfer where do you think any of the possible landing spots are i haven't even considered it honestly um, I'm sure that there are going to be places that could use uh, veteran leadership, just like Miami brought in K.J. Osborne as a veteran leader. Uh, so there's got, uh, places around the country where, you know, he could be that person. And, I mean, sheesh, at sixth year, you've got to be on your at least first Masters, if not second. So, you know, maybe he's doing that for life after football because, like the old commercial says, you know, most people go pro in something other than sports. So, I mean, he could be, you know, building the resume that way. Um, but, you know, again, he's a solid citizen. He's one of my favorite players. Like, I interviewed him at Media Day uh, before. It was a couple few seasons ago. Uh, but, like, we've chopped it up. I've chopped it up with him on Twitter, like, ever since he was a recruit. Like, I, I like Scott Passion. He's a good dude. You know, his first snap as a redshirt, what, freshman, sophomore, was um, him on a tackle and stunt baptizing DeAndre Francois in a Florida State game a couple years ago. Uh, actually, three years ago now, so that was 2016, here at Hard Rock Stadium. That was his first snap of college football. So, and he got home against Florida State, and, you know, the quarterback is dusting himself off because he blasted this guy. So, I mean, he has, or had at least at a time, talent. But, yeah, he has suffered some injuries, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I don't know necessarily where a landing spot could be, but, you know, when you hit the transfer portal and things like that, guys go all over the country. You know, we've had guys leave here and end up at Georgia, UCLA, and all points in between. So uh, I think that there could be a home for him if he, if he looks elsewhere. And personally, I wish him the best, honestly. Sentiments are the same. Uh, I do any cane, I, regardless of where they end up for whatever reason. Uh, I wish them the best. Uh, I look forward to seeing what happens, uh, even if he does come back for that sixth and final year and he gets that medical red shirt, which a lot of guys, they get him anyway. Um, if he does come back, that's just more added depth and leadership to the team. So um, that's a good thing for him. But we know what we're we're here for. We're here for NFL draft talk, and I know I I, I promised a bit of a, a bit of a guest. Uh, we were gonna do a bit of a crossover episode. Some things happened. Uh, you know, sometimes you guys gotta call an audible. I'm pulling a Jaron Williams here. Uh, we're going RPO on this one. So, um, you know. We're gonna kind of do this a little solo this time, and we'll kind of we'll make it up to you guys a little bit later. I think we we've got we've got we've actually you know we've hit a home run or two this week, so uh, we'll kind of start out with um, we'll talk a little offensive players as far as projecting NFL players going forward on this current roster on the other side. All right, so we have NFL. You. This is what we are. We've been this for a while, regardless of time, uh, regardless of talent. We still put them in there. So uh, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. No quarterback. Obviously, Jaron has a f- few more years before we can even begin Jared to talk. Has about one him. more year till he's eligible. Eligible, but ready. I, I'm I'm saying ready. Uh, eligible and ready are different things. So uh, yeah, but I mean, look it. The, I mean, he could be a person that we discuss next year is all I'm saying. This is true. This is true. I hope he does not make that decision to to leave. I like a guy that's been in college at least three years. That experience does help. Uh, But we have running backs here. So we have DJ Dallas. Uh, For me, when I look at DJ, I think he's a – he has the size uh, of a good NFL running back. But what I see that what he lacks, because he is a tough runner, he has decent speed, decent vision, 
but what he lacks is that second gear to get out and in front when he is in the open field he's going to get tackled from behind it's just a thing of life and uh, when I look at him, I see him as more of a change of pace guy. He's what Mark Walton probably should have been had he stayed an extra year. Uh, he's going to get you the tough yards. You can put a team on your back, at least in the college level. I see him as probably more like a fifth-round pick, maybe a sixth-round pick. Uh, this running back class is really stacked. Yeah, I think that DJ Dallas offers some good things, but he does lack the top end speed. And if you're looking for just a, you know, straight line speed guy, DJ Dallas is not your guy. And that's okay. Cause he does a lot of different things. He's uh, progressed very well in pass protection, which you have to do at the next level. He's tough. He's absolutely elite in short area quickness. So he'll make guys miss. He'll get tough yards. And you know, a lot of people said that, you know, Frank Gore is a guy who was going to get tackled from behind and he does sometimes, but he also runs away from guys sometimes. So I'm just saying, not to equate them because Frank was about to be number three all time in mm-hmm. NFL rush yards, but just on an athletic profile coming out after a couple knee injuries, people said the same thing there about Frank Gore, and he's been able to have longevity and prove them wrong athletically in some sets. And I think that uh, DJ Dallas can do that. Uh, he has value on specials because he's played coverage, uh, he's done returns, things like that. He can catch the ball really well, obviously, from a slash athlete in high school. So, yeah, I mean, maybe – Maybe that fifth or sixth round, I mean, not a, a top three round player, but he's a guy who could easily get drafted at the level and, you know, make a roster and, and stick on a team. Look at Travis Homer from last year. You know, he left. He's on. All of a sudden, he's returning kicks on Sunday Night Football. Mentions on State of the Year are going crazy. People are talking about, wait, 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 that Travis, Travis Homer? Yep. Why? Because he has a niche on special teams, and then that niche starts to grow. And I think that DJ Dallas, at a minimum, can be that kind of a guy. Definitely can be that kind of a guy. And every now and then, he can kind of have that explosive play or two. Uh, he can give you that wildcat look. Um, that That's a, for me, when you have a, I call it versatility. That's what I call it. And a guy that can be a Swiss Army knife. Uh, type of player is he has value, especially on specials too, uh, as you alluded to. So he's going to be a guy that I really a team could be happy with if they use him properly. Uh, put him in the same backfield with a guy he doesn't have to get. You can give him maybe ten, twelve carries a game, uh, maybe, and you can or touches, touches. Touch yeah, we we don't call uh, him carries anymore. Touches. Give him ten to twelve touches a game, and he'll make something explosive happen. Something you can throw him in on a wrinkle type of play, and maybe you develop him later. Uh, maybe maybe a team like the Miami Dolphins takes a a, a flyer on a pseudo hometown guy. I mean, he's not a he's not a Miami guy per se, but he's a Miami guy. He, he's right, he's entren- not a native. Yeah, he's not a native, but he's entrenched in the culture. So uh, now, wide receiver. This one's going to be interesting because. You have one of those. You have the typical Miami guy that the speed guy, whether it's the uh, Santana uh, Santana Moss, Sonoris Moss, Philip Dorsett. They've Miami's always had this kind of guy. Daryl Jones, if you go back. Daryl Jones, forward. exactly. So you had that that one guy. He's five eight, the five ten, probably one hundred and eighty pounds. He's gonna run right past you, and he's a pretty decent athlete, and he can play in space. Well, that's Jeff Thomas, and Jeff Thomas, while again not. Not another Miami guy, a St. Louis guy, but nonetheless, he has he's had his issues. And I thought last year he was going to be a guy that you really want to pay attention to. 
And then the issue started. He left the team for other reasons, and then he had a slow start this year. Hasn't really made much of an impact. There's questions of his character. I hate that type of thing because that's a good reason to push a guy down a board. Uh, There were even unnamed executives. Those are fun, too. Uh, But the worst. (laughs) Of of course. Uh, Unnamed executives saying various things like I'm saying. Uh, I mean, being Captain Obvious, but nonetheless – uh, Jeff Thomas is an explosive player, uh, very much in the in the mold of maybe like a Stefan Diggs. He can be that type of player. You get him late in the late fourth, fifth round. I think he'll probably he'll probably go undrafted only because of the the off the field things, unless he can fully explain and clean those things up. And he'll probably make someone really happy because he'll be able to be a slot guy. Uh, probably maybe project to a number two, but more than likely a number three or number four. He'll be great on special teams. He can climb the ladder a little bit, which is interesting because a guy that size normally doesn't do that. Uh, I might even say he may be a, a poor man's Marquise Brown uh, for the uh, for the right Ra- like uh, for the Ravens. Yeah, Jeff Thomas has all the physical talent in the world, and you know even back in when he was in high school at East St. Louis, Illinois. Uh, by the way, he, you know, he missed or got kicked off his team his entire junior year, basically, after like two or three games for off the field stuff. And, you know, it's a East St. Louis, Illinois is a very tough place. So you go through a lot, you know, you grow up in the streets, you grow up fast, things of that nature. You know, he got himself together, got back as All-American, showed out in the Under Armour All-American game, came down to Miami here, uh, you know, and he is one of the more physically talented guys of his size. And for that reason, I think that he should go. And obviously with a couple suspensions from, you know, every, or both coaches here, both Manny Diaz and uh, Mark Rick, I think that, yeah, he's at a point where, look, it's time for him to try to, you know, make his way um, in the NFL. And, yeah, I think that maybe just because of some of these ancillary things, he might fall a little bit further down people's draft boards. But he has the talent, absolutely has the talent. Now, I think that he's a legit 5'10 versus Stephon Diggs, who's a legit six feet tall, which that two inches does make a difference. Yes, it does. But, I mean, but Jeff Thomas, yeah, you can put him, you can put him on specials as a you know, kick returner, punt returner, um, even a gunner on coverage. I know that he's small, but he's fast enough. If you give him a niche role in an offense where you know, he's taking the top off, whether that's you know, in New England, your favorite team, but giving him that single role. If you put him on Kansas City where they have speedsters and a track team out there, you know, even on, you know, the Rams or something, who, you know, who specialize in trying to get guys into space and using that speed. I like that fit, actually. I like that fit. But there's places where his speed can play. And, yeah, he does need to show the professionalism required to, like, stick and not become an issue. And we've seen guys – in the NFL who's, you know, off the field things are issues. Um, and I wish him the best with that. But, yeah, I think that, you know, for the personal reasons that I said, he definitely needs to go. Um, and even if it is as a late-round pick or undrafted free agent, if he's an undrafted free agent, he's going to make a team just like Antonio Callaway did mm-hmm. uh, out, out of Florida going to the Cleveland Browns. Like, that just doesn't – his talent is too great for him not to make a team or at least bounce around and be on somebody's practice squad because you don't get guys that fast all the time. Yeah, you can't teach speed. It's, it's something that just you're given, and he'll find his role. I actually now the, the when you kept saying teams, I'm like, no, New England doesn't match. 
But something, something's about him. He could really be that Brandon Cooks kind of guy. I'm not. Hey, if the if the Rams take him, I need a I need a residual check from them. Hey, send that check. Right. And again, I'm not saying that he has to do everything. But again, if you look even at the Patriots, Mm -hmm. there's always one fast guy who's taking the top off. Mm Every year, whether it's Cooks, whether it's Dorsett, whether, look, and I mean, you got Randy Moss almost at the peak of his powers doing that, which is unfair because he was 6'5 yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of these teams, you still have, you know, I know that you're going to have your number one, you know, your ex, your Julio Jones, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who just like is the franchise wide receiver, but you're going to carry five or six on the roster. And you're going to need speed somewhere. Look, even if you think back to the University of Miami Hurricanes, when Mark Rick first got here, what was one of the first public things, criticisms of this roster he made? He said, we don't have enough speed mm-hmm. to simulate what we're going to see from the opposition in practice even, let alone use it on offense to score points. So we need speed at wide receiver. Look, if you're talking about that at this level, you're talking about it at the high school optimist level, NFL, every single level, you need guys with speed. And what does Jeff Thomas have? Athleticism and speed. They're going to try to make it work. Somebody. Yeah, definitely. And see, for me, when I what I see now is slot receivers are becoming a little bit more athletic. And we'll talk. We can talk. That that's a perfect segue into Mike Harley, uh, the ultimate slot receiver. I mean, he's been. He's probably been. If you had to give him a title, a nickname, I'd give him Mister Consistent. He outside of Braxton Berrios, he's been the most consistent receiver in that. And, and there's no disrespect to to Amon Richards, who unfortunately injuries ended his career. But because if we'd be talking about a first round receiver coming out of him, but as far yeah, he'd as he'd have been in the league already. Oh yeah, he would have been in the league already. So he would have never come back for his last his senior year. But. You know, when I look at Mike Harley, I say he can run every route in the route tree. Every now and then, at least at the college level, he can go outside, but that's not what he does really well. He plays well in space. He has good hands. And his body control, you know, seeing how he can just lay out for catches, have that toe drag swag, which is very rare even for today's uh, football, regardless of the level, guys don't practice it as much as they should. Mike Harley has he made that ridiculous catch he made against Florida State in the corner that was very similar to the Travis Benjamin catch in the same spot, uh, mm-hmm. almost a decade over a decade ago. Well, they were going the opposite direction for Jacory's throw and Jaron's throw, but similar, similar spot, yeah, similar spot. Yeah. But um, you know, to make that catch. You have to have really, really good body control. And guys like that don't really they, – they, they're few and far between. Anybody can be a – any good, decent, small receiver can nowadays in the NFL can find a niche role as an as a inside guy. But when you're able to, to do a little bit of everything, I think he can find a role, even if it is uh, maybe a – Fourth, I won't even. I'm not gonna go that high. I, that's a little rich for me. Uh, I'd probably still say in that fifth, sixth, seventh round range, maybe even an undrafted free agent. But finding a place like a Jacksonville, like a a Tampa, where you know you, there's not a lot of speed in, in that slot spot anymore, uh, but you can find your spot. You can find your way uh, with a lower level team that doesn't have an established set of guys. Yeah, I think that that's true. But in the case of Mike Harley, I think that he needs to come back for a senior year uh, before even hitting. Yeah. Uh, 
kind of evaluation level that you're talking about. I think that that's his ceiling maybe moving forward. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe if he tests really well. And he's another track guy, so he has that kind of speed. So if he tests well at the Combine or if he doesn't make the Combine, the Hurricanes Pro Day in a couple of years, maybe he can elevate to the bottom half of the fourth round or something. But in, in any case, I think that that is absolutely 100% a year away where he needs to come back, still develop his body a little bit more because he is still kind of widely built. Um, and, uh, you know, just continue to refine this craft. Uh, has amazing feet, amazing footwork. Uh, you know, he's actually impacting games and making, like, bigger plays because a lot of his early catches for Mike Harley were, like, bubble screens and tunnel screens mm-hmm. that, like, were not necessary. They didn't pop. You know, it was like every single time that he got the ball, it was somebody missed a block here or it was a bad time for that play call and you call it into a blitz, but you don't miss the blitz. You just call it and it gets hit by the blitz. It was just like the first two years were uneven. But now this year, okay, now he's working that slot. He's getting a, you know, the seam routes on those or those uh, RPO slants in the post, uh, like to the back of the end zone that he had for a second touchdown last week or against Louisville. Things like that are starting to to pop for him that did not pop that way the first two ga- uh, years that he was here. So I think he should come back definitely, build upon that, and then still be around that same kind of evaluation level for the draft. Now, for me, I always say the Fat Boys win championships. They are the they are the reason why various teams have won at, regardless of the level. So we have two offensive linemen. Uh, we have Navon Donaldson as well as Corey Gaynor. So we'll start with Navon Donaldson. He's played – he, 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 I remember him when he was in high school, and I was like, he's a mountain of a kid, but he's going to have to kick inside. Lo and behold, he kicked inside. Uh, when I look at him, one, I think he needs to come back. He definitely needs to come back. Um, but they don't make people that look like him. Uh, those kind of people, just they, they don't grow on trees. Uh, he reminds me a lot of DJ Fluker, former Alabama uh, tackle turned guard. Uh, turns uh, center even. Uh, he's kind of can play up and down the line of scrimmage at some point. He could even be that sixth offensive lineman. He's a decent athlete, but you want him road grading people, just just obliterating uh, interior defensive lineman, getting up to the next level. He's not an outside zone kind of guy. He is t- straight up a just a monster kind of guy that can play inside zone, double team a guy, get to the next man. And, and open up holes for your star running back, whoever that is. Uh, if you were to project him now, uh, if you if you were to project him now, you would be talking maybe a fourth round pick based off the size. He'd fall right outside of the top 100, and maybe some offensive lineman will say, uh, or I'm sorry, offensive uh, offensive line coach. Maybe he'll say, I can fix him, I can work with him, but he definitely needs to come back. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Devon Donaldson does need to return to Miami. And like you're talking about, they do not make people that size uh, <clears throat> that often, you know, who's 6'6", 350. Um, you know, so it he has some of those, or he has that, that physical marker, um, you know, for potential in the, in the future. And obviously his early performance as a freshman All-American was great, but it's leveled off and dropped uh, a little bit since then. So, yeah, he needs to stay and just continue to develop with Butch Berry, who was an offensive line assistant in the NFL for years. So he knows what it takes at that level. And, you know, hopefully continue this development that we've seen across the board on the offensive line and really make that personal for Navon Donaldson and say, okay, cool, this is what you're going to be. This is who you're going to be at the next level. Uh, I can help you get there. 
if you just want to come back and work. So, yeah, I mean, I think that his best days are in front of him. He's really kind of settled in at guard, even though obviously coming out of high school, he wanted to play tackle. And I said, look, he has the size for his size and length. We can try it. That didn't work. So, okay, cool. You try it out. It didn't work. Now we stay here. We grind, continue to develop for another year. Again, bring back that same five starting offensive linemen for the 2020 football season for the Hurricanes. Win some games. Pancake some people. Improve your draft stock so you can be in there. And then just, you know, get to the NFL and work. And last but not least on the offensive line, uh, we have Corey Gaynor at center. Uh, again, another one of those guys that uh, you're you're still saying may need some more development. But um, if you're proje- for the purpose of this, I think you'd be projecting him to the NFL, and you'd probably say probably sixth, seventh round. Maybe somebody takes a, a flyer on him, throws him on the practice squad. Um, he's made plays, but hasn't been spectacular. Hasn't really popped on tape. Uh, I think he may just be one of those guys. He's just a guy uh, going forward. But, again, having an NFL offensive line coach come in really can change the development of a player. But sometimes the physical dimensions of a guy and just the physical ability sometimes just aren't – there's a ceiling for that. Uh, At Miami, you could be pretty dominant with guys around you because you'll have people like Navon Donaldson masking your – Masking your deficiencies, especially in double team blocks. But as far as a NFL guy, when he has to go out and make his own bones, I, I'm really skeptical about how far that'll take him. Corey Gaynor, I think, could be decent in the future. Right now, I think he's going to be seventh round, probably undrafted. So, yeah, again, just like Navon Donaldson, come back to Miami and continue to grind. And then from there, you'll be able to elevate your draft stock, um, you know, maybe a little bit further. But right now, I just I think that he needs another mango season. Now, flipping over to the defensive side, uh, you have a, we, the talent level is a little bit thinner. You have a lot of over the last couple of years, you've had a, a ton of senior guys. So we'll talk about this whole defense, this short list of defensive guys. And we'll kind of throw in a special teamer also. All right, so we're going to talk a little defense. Uh, talk a little defense at the at the University of Miami going into this whole NFL U segment. So, uh, first up, we have John Garvin on the defensive line, defensive end. Uh, he, I would say that he is a he's not really undersized. I think he could really he could find a role as a as a premier rotation pass rusher. Is he Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett? Probably not. But there's a niche for these kind of guys, that third down and long kind of guy. Uh, you can find a no, like a Noah Spence. He's, he can be that height, weight, speed guy who just comes speed rushing off the edge. You can find a guy. That's where, that's where John Garvin falls in. John Garvin, 6'4", 250. I don't think that that's undersized. And, I mean, yeah, he could add some weight. Um the thing for me is it was a little easier for him as a freshman and a sophomore because the focus of the opposition was elsewhere on guys like Chad Thomas, Gerald Wilson III, and on down the line. Now that he's been the feature guy, the mm-hmm. older guy, it's been a little bit tougher because he's going up against those double teams all the time. This is going to be the one that I think really shows where the individual and where the program are. Mm-hmm. So I think that John Garvin could be 
He could be a third round pick, easy in my agreed, book. agreed. That's okay. You know, so we're in the same the, book. Okay, yeah, third, maybe bottom half of the second. Um, he is that kind of player, and even with the the counting stats going down for him, his impact has still been massive. If you look at pressures, if you look at uh, pass rush win rate, if you look at some of these ansl- or advanced stats for defensive linemen, he's still way, way, way up there. He just hasn't gotten the tackles for loss or sacks because other guys, especially Gregory Russo, are getting those counting stats. Mm-hmm. So this is really going to see where where Miami is, I think, in, in terms of the program. Because if you think Miami is close to competing for ACC championship, then you come back as John Garvin. If you think maybe it's still going to be a 9-3-ish and three-ish kind of season, maybe fighting in the Coastal, we'll see who wins it and comes out and goes to the ACC championship game, then you're probably going to go. So I don't think that the, the evaluation – while it's part of it, because I don't think he's going to be a first or second round pick. Really. No. So that's kind of taken off of the table. So as that kind of third round, maybe low second round pick, where do you as John Garvin see this program going? And I think that his decision is going to be emblematic of that. You know, some defensive line coaches tend to say, I can, I see a special trait here and there. Uh, I don't see – I've seen even some – look at him as a guy that could stand up. I do not want him standing up ever. Um, but now with the way that these defenses are going, what we see on defense now, you see more 3-4 and 3-3-5 three, three, and especially um, uh, 4-2-5, which would not affect him as far as 4-2-5 is concerned. But you're going to see a lot more of these these different college-like Defenses. I think you just leave him with his hand in the dirt. Let him be that situational pass rusher, and he can find his way around in the NFL. Those kind of guys, you can never have too many of, and if you have a nice rotation, I think it'll work out just fine for him. Uh, on the other side, at the safety position, uh, actually, I'm sorry, at corner, we have Trajan Bandy. Uh, he's five. He is he five nine? No, uh, no. I, he's five nine with the fro. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, and I mean, look, and that's okay. I'm not like you know really you know demeaning the guy or anything, but um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep this nice and, and and simple. He's too small to go to the league this early he, because to go at to leave early at that size, you have to be so over elite. I mean, like, you know, Nate Robinson to the NF or to the NBA because he played corner at Washington before he gave that up to focus on basketball. You got to be that kind of athlete. Tyron Matthew, you know what I mean? You got to be that kind of athlete. And Bandy's not that. Come on back, go through your senior year, and then we'll see what happens in 2021 NFL draft. The one thing I do is I have to preface with Trajan Bandy is. He's he's a bit of a he's a different type of player. He has the the aggression. He ha, he remind, he has a little he likes to he likes to be very aggressive with the on the outside. He plays like he's five like he's 5'11 to maybe 6'1, but he's about 5'7, five, 5'8. Five, He'll find a role in the NFL at some point as a nickel corner because that guy's a starter nowadays. Uh, whether it's the Captain Munnerlyn types, uh, whether it's even a Corn Elder type, 
Uh, I think he has a role, but right now he, uh, again, he needs to get better in the weight room because those guys, they take a ton of punishment because they're having to chase around these small slot receivers like a Jeff Thomas, like a Mike Harley. He's going to have to chase those guys around. And on top of that, those guys go deep in the NFL. Those guys don't always just run the, the West Welker route tree. Those those guys don't run that route tree on a regular basis anymore. You're going to see a lot of over routes. You're going to see a lot of those, those mesh routes, uh, and on, and maybe just maybe you might see Tyree killed in the slot. And well, if Trajan Bandy gets li- lined up on him, it might be a long day. Uh, but I could see him being very much like a Nikel Roby Coleman, uh, a guy that I'm pretty really familiar with out of with him, from his days at Frostproof High School, uh, moving on to USC and now with the Rams. You know, he could be a kind of guy like him because he has that size. Uh, that can he'll fit just nice in the slot, but he has that aggression. He likes to be hands-on with you. And if you can rough those slot receivers up, make that timing a little different, makes life really difficult for a quarterback who may not be able to go after his number one, his X guy, whether it's Julio Jones, A.J. Green, or whoever that may be. So what makes a guy really think about, do I want to make a business decision and short-arm this catch? Uh, especially when they dial up that bang eight, because you know what that bang eight is, Cam. I know you know what that is. There's a reason why they call it that. And guys like Amari Carter are the reason why those guys like to short arm those 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 catches every now and then. Um, Amari Carter, he's been he's been in and out of trouble this year, and it hasn't been his fault. What say you about this particular player who is an embodiment of an of a University of Miami safety? Let me back it up for the people. The bang eight is a skinny post, and it's when you hit your eighth foot on the step on the on your route, the ball's supposed to be there, and it can end with a bang. This is a route that Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin made famous in with the Dallas Cowboys in their offense back in the '80s or in the '90s. Go look it up. The bang eight, like the ball's there all the time, but it's an in-breaking route. There's a safety there. It can be a big bang. So that's where, and when Fred asked, you know, if I knew what it was. Yes, I do. And I just explained it. Go look it up if you need some uh, more learning on it. There's uh, probably articles on Mm -hmm. smartfootball.com, maybe on SB Nation, a a couple explainers and things. So if you're listening to me thinking, oh, I want to know more about the inner workings of that, there you go. Now, Amari Carter is, I mean, he's he's just a tank. Whatever he hits, he destroys um, across the middle, I think. And he plays all over the place. If you think back to Trajan Bandy's iconic uh, touchdown return or pick six against uh, Notre Dame in 2017, where was Amari Carter lined up on that play? At the nose tackle, zero technique, standing up, though, at a two-point stance. And you've seen that happen a couple of times where they move uh, Amari Carter around, where they'll put him down there as a you know defensive tackle-looking kind of thing. Um, you know, or and just all over the place. And obviously he plays safety, so he can be back in the secondary too. The thing for me is I want to see him cover a little bit more because in the NFL, you do need enforcers on the back end, but you cannot just be a head busser. That cannot be your only trait and skill. Not in 2019. You should not in 2019. Not now. Right, yeah. Back in the day, oh, yeah. We oh, just, you know, single high safety. What, man? Come on. Like, I mean, Dick and I trained Lane. I mean, you had who else back there? Just Steve Atwater. Steve just Atwater, yeah. That you know been, what I mean? Yeah. Yep. That would have been a perfect 
like defense room a perfect time maybe 20 25 years ago but now the game has progressed a little bit so amari i want to see um maybe his individual uh coverage abilities a little bit more because that will dictate whether he'll be able to stay in the secondary or bump down to a hybrid outside backer like they're trying to do with jamal carter in the nfl now so i think as as for him returning to Miami for another year and seeing how they use and develop him, that will really go and take a big step towards projecting where and where in the NFL he might be drafted and for whom he might fit in their defensive scheme. For me, when I look at, like you said, and I can kind of piggyback off of you on this one, he is a, for what we see on film, he is a in-the-box safety. He wants to hit everything that moves. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are guys that, that have that. I, one that bring, comes to mind is Deion Bush. Uh, very much the same type of player. Uh, what? Very much the same type of player. Why did, what? Uh-oh, uh-oh. I disagree. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, I disagree. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Wow, okay. If uh, I, see, have, I think he's more like Jamal Carter than Deion Bush. Think so? Absolutely, Jamal Jamal Carter with like I mean, just like a bodybuilder's body. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he was the he was the one coming downhill. And look, Deion Bush did a nice job coming downhill, but I thought I I like Deion Bush more in space than either, you like Deion uh, Bush in space in the end. Oh, ooh. I, no, I like him more in space than either Jamal okay. or Amari Carter. Okay, 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 okay. You know I what I'm saying? You. I got you. I, I mean, that's that's just me. I'm sorry. I've been rude. I, 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 I spoke over you. <laughs> Continue. No, That's I love point. it. I love it. I love it. I interject when you need to. Um, but for me, again, like I said, with this position is a little – safety is a little bit different now in the NFL. There used to be this whole thing of free safety, strong safety. Now it's more – there's so many hybrid ways of using guys. Even the NFL uses striker positions now. So it's very – for many fans, it's difficult to to really differentiate. Even – and this has been kind of dating back to the days of Sean Taylor and, and Laurent. Ron Landry there were the, the perfect safety tandem is interchangeable and you can you can literally put one guy wherever you want him but those guys don't really exist there are very few you know Earl Thomases and uh, Malik Hookers and guys like that there are very few guys like that that can cover sideline to sideline I would say I would say Amari Carter is more along the lines of maybe a Landon Collins. If you want to say top-end players, he'd be more along those lines, a guy that you want in the box. He can. I still want to see Morris to see if he can cover, but he's the guy you want in the box, really being able to be a bit of a hybrid linebacker safety type. That's what you want him to be. Uh, it's, unfortunately, Miami hasn't put him in those positions where he has to literally go and cover somebody. And that's just scheme. I mean, a lot of times you have to project guys based on what you see and hope what their skills match up with can go with the scheme that you're wanting to put them going going forward. Uh, but those things happen. So uh, where do you see him? Do you see him, if he were to, to be on your draft board tomorrow, is he a – Fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guy, or based? Are you willing to take him a little bit higher based on what you see, height, weight, speed wise, with attributes, physical no, attributes? I, I think that he's a sixth or seventh mm-hmm. uh, round guy right now because he does not have a defined position, and we have to figure out exactly where we might want to put him. Um, and again, I think yeah, we just want to see uh, where his where his body's going to go too. You know, and sometimes the way that a guy's body develops will help the team make a decision. 
you know, like David Njoku, mm-hmm. he had a protein shake and looked at one dumbbell and gained 50 pounds of muscle when he came to Miami. <laughs> you're not playing wide receiver anymore, buddy. Yeah. Like, we're going to kick you inside. Like, your, your physical development told us what you're going to do. So if Amari Carter continues and he gets, you know, because he's probably, what, 210, 215 now? Yeah. If he's 225, 230 tomorrow night on that same David Njoku, I had half a protein shake and I looked at one weight and I, you know, added muscle like that, buddy, you're not playing safety anymore at yeah. all. You know, you're going to be a, a weak side backer. Uh, and, you know, that guys have done that transition before and been successful. So, yeah, to me, it's just such a question of where he's going to fit. And I think that would actually be an advantage to him. Uh, sorry to yeah. go over you. I think now no, in, in today's NFL, I think that's an advantage because there's, again, that word I love, versatility, only because I'm a fan of a certain team that I won't name because Cam will get, a, he'll get upset with me. So I won't name that team. Um, I, see, but to me, I don't even see it as versatility because – to me, versatile is I'm set and I can do multiple things. With Amari Carter, I it's a it's a it's a mystery box. Yeah, because I don't is. know exactly what we have yet, and that to me, it maybe I mean it's semantics, of course, but it's just my little bit of a different twist or my viewpoint on it. So yeah, to me, I would hope that he comes back first of all. But if he were not, I would say probably you know sixth, seventh round, and then it depends on the team that he lands on to see which way it would go probably. Now, last but not least, I don't. I leave. I, I don't want to leave out um, special teams. Uh, there are no kickers. Thank goodness they'd be undrafted, kicked to the curb. No one would ever find you. Uh, but uh, I don't, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to disrespect um, Camden Price like that. But I will say Lou Headley. Uh, so far, so good. I think he should come back for one more year. This is not one of those situations where you're able to start projecting a punter out i would never take a punter in the i honestly i wouldn't draft a punter or a kicker ever uh you can always find guys uh, unless you're like justin tucker ever i mean those are generational guys you might get a fifth sixth round look at it but um he's developing nicely and quite honestly he's one of the first dudes that's coming off my off my bus uh the tats are the, the tats are a thing everyone loves him he seems like a very nice guy so um you know, I'll take it. I'll come back one more year and we can talk about it again. Yeah, I mean, Headley's a guy. And, you know, if you look at the last few punters for Miami, they're, they're in the league. You know, Pat O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Bosher. What's his name? Matt Bosher. <clears throat> exactly. You know, there's another one, too, isn't there? Um, I think that there's another one. Anyway, my point is there are multiple guys in the kicking game who are still in the league who came from Miami. So, yeah, you know, stay here, develop for another year because we don't have a punter coming in. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that Miami needs some time to settle and see, okay, where are we going to go in the future for punter? So that needs uh, Headley to come back, and I think that he will. And then, you know, hey, he can be in the league for, you know, a few years and just, you know, kick the ball and, you know, be the fan favorite because, you know, he's Australian, so you have the accent and everything, mm-hmm. and he's – Six four two fifty five and yatted from literally the his chin line down his ankles. Yeah. Like all right, yeah. He he embodies that. He has the look. He has the look down. And as far as that other guy yeah. was, Michael Badgley, the kicker from a few years ago. So yeah, he you you were on special. Was another punter. No, he was a punter. He was. I'm sorry. He is a punter. So yeah, he was with the. I think he's with the Packers still. If my no, memory. Badgley's with the Chargers. Badgley's with the Chargers. Okay. Um. We we don't I don't really follow where my kickers and punters go once they're gone. 
Pat O'Donnell's been pretty good, but he and I still say, you know, I say I said off air he's not one of ours, but he is one of ours. He's like that cousin that you just kind of take in, you know. Look, he came here and he played here for a year. <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm not I'm not parsing that one. He played in the Miami Hurricanes uh, uniform. He's a hurricane. He might not be, you know, he's a, not a lifelong hurricane. You know what I mean? But he yeah. was here. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. So. This has been a bye week. Uh, bye weeks tend to get long, but we're it's back to it. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk everything Miami Hurricanes football. We'll be talking a little pressers. We'll be previewing uh, FI. It's FIU week. It's on to FIU. Uh, season's coming down, coming down to the wire. Still got a chance. Don't really want to jinx it yet, so I won't talk about it too much more. So make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Canes. You can find Cam at, on Twitter at Underwood Sports. You can also find myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. That is P E R D U E. I'm going to make sure I say that as much as I can because Cam, I appreciate that because. I've been I've had questions about that the whole uh, no relation to the the uh, to the Drew Brees University. Yeah, man, you know it's one of those things, and I mean just the last little story. Y'all know I used to work at Miramar High School, and there's you know uh, there was a kid, and his last name was French, and we were looking him up to call him out of class because there was a family emergency. His mom was in the office or whatever, blah blah blah, and like okay, French, like you know whatever. After like forty minutes, this woman said, "Oh, French has two F's in it, Miss." You are 40-something years old. You knew that your name was not spelled regularly, and we're here going crazy. Would that crazy. be the like, same French at Pitt? No. No, no, no not relation. the same, no but, like, but spelled the same. Okay. No relation. Okay. But, okay. yeah, but, but you know, still, so yeah, the double F, and, like, literally the whole office, the principal, principal, secretary, everybody going crazy <laughs> looking for a kid called French. We don't have anybody enrolled at the school. Oh, my God, maybe he's lying to his parents. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, but you knew what it was. Come on, man. So that Got to tighten up. Right, exactly. So when I went looking for your uh, handle after, you know, we decided that we we're going to do this, I was like, I cannot find this man. Oh, that's right. It's P.E. <laughs> so I wanted to share that to the people because I struggled also when I tried to look up your app. Well, we have that corrected. Um, and so, you know, make sure you go give us a follow. We, I, I talk a little college football. I talk a little bit of NFL on Sundays, but I'm part of the evil empire, so I get a lot of the hate on Sundays. So uh, I try to stay away from, from the NFL stuff too much. But we'll be on t- – I'll be there. I'll be I'll be around. And I know you're always around talking to little canes. You, you get a little salty. You, you, you get a little aggressive out there in these Twitter streets, man. In general, I mean, sometimes I do, but, uh, you know, also I'm out here tweeting reality TV and I have the people on the shows because I've been doing it now long enough. They search their names and they hop in my ads because I've been tweeting about reality TV long enough where people actually listen to what I say when I watch my stories, as I call them, like after the it's it's kind of crazy. So uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes I do have to call people stupid when they are being stupid on Twitter. But like I said, if you like this, there's plenty more of it. You can find it over there or also at stateofview.com. Definitely, definitely, man. We will be. We, we're gonna go rest up on a on a good Saturday. We're undefeated this weekend, so I'll take that mm. all day, every day. Uh, hopefully, I, I stay undefeated on Sunday. Uh, I don't, Cam. You don't. Do you have an NFL team? I know we're kind of jumping over something completely different, but oh yeah, yeah. What the f- I'm a Detroit Lions. Oh, fan. I'm oh, from Detroit. oh, yeah. Oh, I know it's terrible. Oh. I know I should have given it up. I need to be like <laughs> Bomani Jones and give up that narcotic. But I just. You know, I grew up in the, you know, 80s and 90s with Barry Sanders on my television and everything. And I fell in love with that man uh, as a football player, I should say, and that team. And it is, it is not uh, done well for me <laughs> over the mm. course of time. Uh, there, mm. We've had one 
one singular playoff win in my lifetime. And uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I think I'm we, sorry to hear that. Look, I, I won't lost. go into the numbers on my end. Look, so I'm saying, nice. yeah, yeah, but we but we <laughs> we lost at Pitt, at um at Green Bay 22 years in a row. And I was alive to see all 22 Ouch. of those losses Ouch. every single year. You know, so, like, it is not the greatest. Uh, and, you know, our quarterback now in the midst of a career year needs a backyotomy, so he's out. Um, and that's not good. But, uh, yeah, that is unfortunately my team. And Miami Hurricanes fans do not ever let me forget that after he got fired, Al Golden, Al Golden. You are, has worked. You can't avoid that for, guy. Boy, he has worked for the Miami, oh, excuse me, for the Detroit Lions. He was the tight ends coach, and now he's the linebackers coach. So let a missed tackle go down by a linebacker. Let a missed coverage happen in any game, and imagine what my mentions look like. Ooh. Thanks. Ouch. Yeah, exactly. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Well, we might have to talk a little pro canes come Monday. Uh, I have at least one of those on my offense. I, again, I won't say who, but six times, excuse me, um, I'll leave that alone. But until next time on, on Monday, folks, where it's FIU week, uh, we are out and go Canes. <laughs>